Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Don't quit. That's our title this morning. So Father, we thank you for your word that is true, that regardless of what we're going through, it doesn't change the validity of your word. And so we thank you today that you are on the throne regardless of our circumstance, as difficult or arduous as they might be, formidable the circumstances they are, but Lord, we purpose in our heart not to quit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Life is hard sometimes, right? No, not for you, okay. Yeah, life gets hard sometimes. Uh, Nelson Mandela uh, said, it always seems impossible until someone does it. And you may be facing something that's difficult. We are all rubies in the rough. Amen? But a gem can't be polished without a bit of friction. Though you be a ruby in the rough, it takes a little bit of rubbing to make us shine. I... uh, uh, Lived in Minnesota for a number of years. Maybe that's why I like this video in particular, but it has some great overtones. There's a young lady in college. She's running the 600 meters for uh, the Golden Gophers. Uh, What a great name for a university. Uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers. And uh, the 600 meter is a three-time around the track race. So it's not very far, 600 meters. So it's 200, 200, and 200. And I want to show you this young lady... Um, on the third lap, right as she finishes her second lap, she falls down. And I want to show you the type of spirit that we need to have. Why don't you dim the lights and roll the video? It's only two minutes long. That's how long it takes to run 600 meters. But check this out. Heather Dornanen. number on her chest is 170. The 600 meter underway, Heather Dornan in Minnesota finished second this event a year ago. She was in lane four. And Dornan is in the back of the pack right now. She actually won the NCAA championships in 2006 in the 800, but she's only won one Big Ten championship in the two years. Three laps in this event, 600 meters, three times around the 200 meter track here at the field house. What a bold move by Fallon. She's looking very confident, and the Penn State runner is just running amazing today. She did win her heat in the 400, but ended up taking fourth overall. That's Fawn Dorr moving into the lead, a sophomore from Penn State. Dornerton running second. Dornerton last year scored 23 points for the Golden Gophers in their Big Ten Championship, so they're really relying on getting a lot of points from her this weekend, and she's... Just coming by Fondor now. Watch her, 170 in front. Oh, Gordon falling down gets up quickly, but that's going to cost her. Lucky she wasn't injured. Her teammate just went to the front, though, so they may be able to recover from that. And Dornan is flying down the back stretch. She is catching up. She is going to catch Fondor, and she may catch the leader. Wow. Wow. She's got fun. This is a gutsy effort by Dornan. Can't you pull it off? She's moving to third. Dornadin coming on strong! Dornadin all the way! Dornadin! Yes! Wow! Unbelievable! That is amazing. To, to fall in a 600, I mean, this is basically a sprint. 
I mean, this is an extended 400, basically. To, to fall with 200 meters to go and get up and win, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's one of the most exciting wow. I've seen. Here's the call. Oh, she trips on Fawn's shoe. It looked like Fawn just clipped her heel, and she went down just before the bell lap. Fawn Dorr had to high hurdle her to avoid a collision. And she is powering down this home stretch, just doing everything she can to win this heat. Isn't that amazing? That's just amazing. And uh, it says in Micah chapter 7, verse 8, Do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. And, uh, you know, we, we face difficulties in our lives, broken bones, uh, broken hearts, hard falls. Don't quit. Don't quit. Battles that leave scars, hard tests. Don't quit. Grueling challenges, trauma, difficulties, tragedies. You want to fight, but your strength is weak. And you want to win, but you've lost so many battles up to this point. You want to be whole. You feel as though there's pieces in your life missing. You want victory, but it seems too far off. You want to dream, but you can't win the battle. To dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave dare not go, to right the unrightable wrong. I mean, think of that. Oh, hello. Siri realized that was from Man of La Mancha and started telling us that those were the lyrics of that musical. To write, listen to me. Listen to the, the paradox of this statement. To write the unwritable. To write the unwritable wrong. To love pure and chaste from afar. To try when your arms are too weary. To reach the unreachable star. This is my quest. To follow the star. No matter how hopeless. No matter how far. To fight for the right. Without question or pause. To be willing to march into hell. For a heavenly cause. And I know if it only be true, this glorious quest that my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to rest. And the world will be far better for this, that one man, scorned, covered with scars, still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable star. Here's a newsflash for you that are going through hard things. Hard things are hard that's why they call them hard things. Fighting the impossible battle. To be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. Doing what's right. Why? Because you're going to win? No. You do what's right because it is right. Smooth seas do not make for skillful sailors. So don't quit. So here's my point. Too often, you look at your life, I look at my life, and within reason we say to ourselves, mm, I don't know that I could win that battle. Don't know that I could win that fight. Therefore, I will not fight. That is the sentiment that has brought us to the pathetic state 
of the church, of the United States government, of politic in general, when you say, you know, I don't know that I could win this fight, therefore I won't fight, you have now trumped faith with your reason. A young man, scrawny, immature, in 1 Samuel, David, the shepherd boy, Aaron preached about him last week, wonderful, fought against a giant. You think he sat down, you know, let's, you know how, let's make a list, pros and cons, (laughs) yeah? Let's, Let's determine, is it worth, is the return on my potential investment, which will be my life, is it worth it, me, this little kid, going, is it reasonable to expect that he would win? No, yet he still marched into hell with a heavenly cause and came out the backside a winner. Moses, in Exodus 14, a man full of excuses, I can't, I don't, I won't. God said, yes, you will. No, I can't, I don't, I won't, until finally he says, okay, I will. And he led the children of Israel out of Egypt right to the Red Sea. Way to go, Mo. What a leader you are. We know we shouldn't have followed you, you dingling. We should be back in Egypt eating the onions and the wonderful food they got for us back there. Moses didn't say, yeah, you're all right. No, he decided to march into hell with a heavenly cause. And he listened to the Lord. And what did he do? He just simply lifted his staff and the Red Sea parted. And the millions of Israelites went through. Was it within reason? Was it reasonable? Was that the right thing to reason? Did the pros outweigh the cons? No, he just did what he needed to do. And he did it out of obedience and in faith. Joshua So Moses is off the scene, and now you got this young whippersnapper, Joshua. He's the one that's going to lead us. The man has, I mean, he hasn't seen a battle his entire life. And now you want him to be a warrior? The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. What? That was Joshua. He wasn't a a fighter. He wasn't a warrior. He was a Bedouin. He was out wandering around in the desert with Moses for 40 years with a bunch of unskilled, untrained people. But he was willing to march into hell with a heavenly cause. Throwing reason to the wind, deciding to trust God instead. Now there's a novel idea. Trust the Lord with all your reason? No, with your heart. Is it the right thing to do? Yes, it is. What should we do? Well, let's get our our armament. No, 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 no. Put the musicians out front. Let them march around first. Let them blow the ram's horn. And we just walk in silence. That'll do it. Didn't seem reasonable, did it? But he didn't quit. He just did it. Daniel, uh, you know, as, as, as the resume for Daniel is, is, is written, Lion Tamer isn't at the top of the list, right? I mean, he was a smart man. He was a, he was a, a, a well-trained individual, well-read, uh, a higher up in Nebuchadnezzar's regime, Yet Lion Tamer wasn't it. And so he said, no, I, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't stop praying. I'm going to continue to pray. Did that seem, well, why don't I just, I'll go hide. No, every day I go to my window and pray and I'm going to continue to do that. And he did it and he suffered the wrath of Nebuchadnezzar and he got thrown into the lion's den. Didn't seem like a reasonable thing. 
If we were to sit down and make the list of pros and cons, we'd say, you know what, Daniel? It may not, you know how much more you could do for the kingdom of God if you just kind of hide your faith and be, just be safe, be secure, and you know, don't, don't cause any ruffles, Daniel. Just sit down and be quiet. I don't know that we'd be reading about Daniel today. Against all odds, he didn't quit. He did it. How about a little 16-year-old girl by the name of Esther, Right? King Xerxes, getting a harem together. Her uncle, she was, she was orphaned. She lived with her uncle. He, she gets taken, and you know how the story unfolds. She decides, you know what? I'm a Jew. I'm going to try to save the Jews from this plan that I understand is happening in the king's court. And if I don't speak up, all my Jewish family is going to be, be executed. The entire Jewish nation under, under the king is going to be executed. So I need to go in, and I need to talk to the king. But we all know you just don't walk in to talk to the king back in the day, because if you go in uninvited, he'll just kill you. That's how kings do, you know. But she counted herself already dead, said, I have to do what's right, regardless of whether or not I, I reason and I think that I can, I, 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 can, I can make this happen. No, she just did what she needed to do and then let the chips fall where they may. And she became the queen of Persia. Against all odds, against all odds, she did what was right. She didn't quit. She did it. Little Joseph, little baby Joseph, about 17, got beat up by his brothers and thrown into a pit because he was daddy's favorite. Boo-hoo, Joseph. Came out of the pit, whew, and right into the prison. Huh. Another battle, another I, how, am I, how am I ever going to get out of Pharaoh's prison? Are you kidding me? But he was faithful. He continued to praise the Lord. He continued to do what was right. And eventually he came out and he was able to save the entire Jewish nation. Why? Because he did what was right. He stood up against Potiphar's wife. I mean, the list goes on. How about one more? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's a 90-foot statue made of gold that they needed to bow to, and it had LGBTQ across its chest. <laughs> and if you don't pay homage, we will kill you. We will destroy you. Or it has whatever they want you to bow to. Whatever the, whatever the, the trendy thing is that Christians need to bow their knee to. And if you don't, guess what? We will heat the furnace up seven times hotter than it normally is. I'm not exactly how that happened. I'm not sure exactly how that happens. Just twice as hot would be enough. I just think just a normal furnace would be enough. But this one's now heated seven times. Okay, 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 Nebuchadnezzar, you convinced us. We will bow. That's not what they did. They didn't make a list of pros and cons. They didn't decide, well, you know what? It's just not reasonable. It doesn't seem as though we can win this battle. Therefore, we will capitulate. We will give in. We will surrender. That's not what they did. They said, you know what? We're going to fight this. And even if we don't win, God's still God. You can't hurt me. What an attitude. What an example for Christians to stand up. 
Elijah, prophets of Baal. We say 450 prophets of Baal. There was 400, 400 additional prophets of Asherah. There was really 850 that day. 850 to one. Does that seem like reasonable odds? No. We're going to do this. We're going to cut this bull up. And the God who answers by fire, he's the God. He didn't quit. He didn't back down. He didn't back up. He didn't shut up. He stood up. He didn't quit. And he did it. You've got battles. I have battles. You've got battles that you don't think you can win. We'll just let that set right there like a, like a baby Ruth in a swimming pool. We'll just let that, we'll just let that set there for a second. Let you think about it. Let you just think about it for a second. You have battles. Listen to me. You have battles you don't think you can win because you've done, you've done the ciphering. You've done, the, you've, done the, you've done the pros and cons. You've done the list. You said, you know what? It's just, it's not worth the fight. It's, uh, you know, I, I want to keep my skin uh, better to be a, a coward and live for another day or two. You got trials. Overwhelming circumstances. Immovable obstacles. The Goliath. The Goliath of sin. If not some everyday mundane trial you're talking about in your own life, though they be important as they are, the one that we most often back down to is the giant of sin in our life. Ah, you know, we all sin. We all sin. It's all good. God, that's not a big deal. And so Satan mocks you. He says you're too weak. He says you're too old. You're too young. You're powerless. You lose your friends. Money. You're nothing. You can't win. Just quit. Martin Luther, you know I have an affinity to Martin Luther, the, the great reformer. He said this, when the devil throws your sin in your face and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this, I admit that I do deserve death and hell. What of it? For I know one who suffered and made sanctification on my behalf, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and where he, and where he is, I shall also be. He says, agree with your adversary. Yeah, you're right. I am a worm. I am a wretch. But, but God is on my side. If God, Romans 8, 31, is how the word says it. If God is for us, who can be against us? Gideon, our final example. Uh, perhaps one of my most favorite of all stories. He lived in a land of disobedience. Gideon was a judge in Israel. And the Midianites ruled the land. They ruined the crops. They were like locusts in the land. They overran the land. Gideon was thrashing out wheat, but he was doing it in a wine press at night undercover for fear the Midianites would come and steal. I mean, it was just horrible. And a word of the Lord, the angel of the Lord came to him and said to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon like laughs, like, what? Who are you talking to? And he goes on to say, uh, I am the least, I'm the weakest. Gideon answered, how, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest, Manasseh, and I am the least. The Lord answered, I will be with you. So what did, what did uh, Gideon do? He made an, he said, really? okay. Let me make an offering. Ran home. Can you, he asked the angel, can you wait? Can you hang out here for a second? The angel says, yes, I can wait. 
And Gideon goes, gets an offering, come back, presents an offering. The angel takes his staff. You should read the story. It'd be a beautiful uh, made for TV. Takes his staff. The angel takes his staff, touches the, the, the offering that uh, Gideon set on the rocket. Poof, it just disappears. Accepted the Lord. Gideon's like, what? Of course, Gideon, you know, he had to lay out a fleece a couple times to make sure that this, I mean, he had, Gideon had to be convinced that the Lord was with him. And, and, and don't we all? Don't we all? But eventually it came true. So uh, he says, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he gathered all the men. How many men did Gideon gather? Everybody say 135,000. No, no, no. That's how many Midianites there were. He gathered 30,000 men to fight the Midianites. So the Midianites had a Midianites over here, 135. That's greater than the population of Springfield. And he had 15, no, he had 30,000. What is that? What's 30,000 around here? Uh, Pekin's 30,000 people, I know that. So, so okay, we're going to, imagine Springfield's going to come and invade, uh, Pekin's going to come and invade Springfield. Not going to happen. So Gideon's not real keen on the idea. And the Lord says, here's what we're going to do. I want you to face your 32,000 men, Gideon. And here's what he says. I love it. He says, uh, you ha- oh, this, this, is, this is stark. This is the Lord telling Gideon about his 32,000 men. He goes, this is the Lord. In quotes, you have too many men for me. <laughs> well, goodness, great. What about me? You may be too many for you, but I'm doing the fighting down here, Lord. He says, you have too many, this is the Lord speaking. You have too many men for me, this is verse 27, to deliver Midian into their hands in order that Israel may not boast. Oh, so that you can't boast when it's all said and done. Let's let the cowards go home. So what I want you to do, Gideon, I want you to stand in front of these men and I want you to tell them this. If any of you is afraid, uh, verse, um, what is that? Uh, Three. If any of you is afraid, go back. If you tremble with fear, you may turn back and you may go back to Mount Gilead. So, how many think left? 22,000 left. Wait a second. I started with 32 and there goes 22. Two-thirds of my army said, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> this is you. This is your circumstance. Draw the parallel. Don't make me preach the whole thing. This is you. And the Lord says, I want you to do this. And then all of a sudden you say, okay, you convinced me. Then says, the Lord says, great. You've got way too many assets. You, you have way too many assets for you to do this. What, 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 what? I disagreed. Now you're taking away two thirds of my soldiers. All right, Lord. He goes, okay, then that's not enough. I want you to take those 10,000 men and I want you to go down to these springs and I know they're hot and it's thirsty. They're thirsty, so I want you to just keep an eye on them and when they bend down to get a drink, I want you to note how they get a drink. Some of them will get on their chest and just drink it up. But some of them will get on their knee and they'll scoop it up to their mouth. The ones that scoop it up to their mouth as they're keeping an eye on what's going on, I want you to keep them. But everybody else is so dead thirsty and so dead tired, they just get down on their chest and they just start drinking it like a dog. I want you to send them home. You know how many he got left? 300 was all he had left at the end of the day. <laughs> Out of 10,000. 9,700 of them got down like dogs. Only 300 of them decided to scoop it up. The Lord says, I'm still with you. Even though your resources have been to listen to me. 
Even though your resources have been depleted, even though you don't think you have enough to do what I've told you to do, fear not, for I am with you, mighty warrior. Well, you know, it doesn't, reason, it doesn't seem reasonable. The odds aren't in my favor. Nobody asked you if it was reasonable and nobody asked you if the odds were in your favor. The question is, will you do what God has told you to do? Will you do it and not quit? That's the question. We have a generation that quits way too easily. Verse two of Judges seven. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men for me. Too many men. Doesn't seem reasonable. Luther didn't have a lot of good things to say about reason. He believed that reason had its place in the secular realm, particularly in matters of governance, education, and practical knowledge. He, he, he affirmed the importance of reason for understanding and navigating the world, but he cautioned believers applying reason to spiritual matters. Was it reasonable for David to fight Goliath? No. Was it reasonable for Moses to take on Pharaoh? Say no. Was it reasonable for Daniel to face the lions? How about Esther to approach the king? Was it reasonable for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to say, you know what? Throw us in the furnace anyway. No. For Elijah to take on the false prophets of Baal. Was it reasonable for God to send his son to die for you? Was that reasonable? No, it wasn't reasonable. To be crucified for our sins? No. Luther said this, my last Luther quote. He said, reason is the devil's whore. The greatest enemy that faith has. It never comes to the aid of spiritual things, but more frequently than not, struggles against the divine word at work within you, treating it with contempt in all that emanates from God. Faith and reason. You need them both? Absolutely. But if you let reason triumph in your faith walk, you have no faith walk at all. You're living by what's between your ears, not what's in your heart. Okay, that didn't go over real good because, you know, we're very, we're very intellectual people and it doesn't seem reasonable, doesn't seem reasonable, doesn't seem reasonable. I'm telling you, this book is not full of reason. This book is full of people that said yes to God. I will do it and I will not quit. Come hell, come high water or a furnace heated seven times hotter. And it's not because I've just determined, yeah, I, I, I stand a chance at winning that fight. Therefore, I will fight that fight. No, you'll fight the fight because the Lord tells you to fight the fight. That's why you'll do it and you'll not quit. Sole fide, faith alone. Sola scriptura, sola gratia. Sola Deo Gloria. Hear me. Salvation, your salvation, my salvation was not achieved through reason. The just shall live by reason. That's not what it says. It says the just live by, by faith. What I know in my heart. I didn't get saved by reason. I didn't, get, I didn't get sanctified by reason. I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit through reason. I didn't sound reasonable. That didn't sound right. I didn't get my healing by reason. Any good and perfect gift comes by grace 
through faith that Jesus is Lord so you don't quit. So when people say, give me one good reason why I shouldn't give up. Give me a reason why I need to fight this battle. You say, you know what? It's because I don't live by reason. Give me one good reason. I don't have to give you a reason that I do what I do or you do what you do. The reason I do, the reason, if you want to use reason, the reason is that the just shall live by faith. I'll do it because God says to do it. And even if I don't come out of the fiery furnace, he's still God. The just shall live by faith. You've got battles in your life. They seem impossible. The sin that you battle, that circumstance that you've got, your marriage, your marriage, don't quit. Well, it seems too hard. You know, I've weighed the pros and cons. Those kids would be a lot better off if we were just separated. You know, it's just, it's just too toxic and you're listening to the enemy. Don't quit. Don't quit. Get your fight on and save it by grace through faith. It doesn't seem reasonable. You've weighed the pros and cons. You know, it'd be better if, no, don't, 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 don't give in. Your finances, it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. The widow had no oil and the prophet of God showed up and gave her enough oil for a year, just like that. Why well, I haven't seen it in my life. That's, those types of things, those types of, I hear this often. Those types of things happen, have, haven't happened in my life, but you're living a life of sin and rebellion. Why do you think God would come and, and bless you with that, type of, with that type of blessing when you're, when you're, when you're not even living wholeheartedly for him? If it's conviction, it's conviction, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not looking at anyone in particular, but these are the matters that we have to deal with in our life because we quit way too easy. We give up often much faster than we should. Am I saying there's never a circumstance where you shouldn't just turn and walk away? No, Joseph is a good example. He ran from, from Potiphar's wife. I, I totally get that. But there, there, we can use reason as the preeminent excuse for why we don't fight anymore. I sat in a meeting just a couple weeks ago with someone who had the ability to wage war in a particular situation. And this person told me, I don't think it's a battle that we can win. Pardon me? Does that mean based on the fact that you don't think we can win, that's, that, that, that will be the rationale that we don't fight? Are we going to give up before the battle is even engaged? Just because you don't think we can win? You know, in an equation, we have an X, the unknown, in an equation. God is the unknown that, that, that is in the equation of your life. And you look and you say, I got this much money, I have these many friends, I have these many days, I have this report from the doctor, I have this report from the counselor, I have this report from the, from the lawyer, whoever, and you have all that and you make a list, you go, da, 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 da. okay, well, you know, I guess I get, no, 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 no. Put an X in that equation somewhere. What if, truly, what if God was your partner in what you were putting your hand to do? What if was God your part? Go back to school, be a nurse. Are you kidding me? I don't know if I could ever do that. That seems to be too hard to do. Well, guess what? God could be on your side. <laughs> Some of you aren't convinced. 
And I can't convince you. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. You'll always get what you've always gotten, which is a cycle of losing. I'm telling you, what I'm giving you is not a curse on your life. It's the cure. And the cure is to get your fight on and to say, you know what? I'm not going to quit. <laughs> I'm just not going to quit. Your health, your spiritual condition. Don't surrender. Though a righteous man falls, Proverbs 24, 16. Though a righteous man falls seven times, that's completely. He rises again. But the wicked, they're brought down to calamity. So if you're wicked here today, you're not serving the Lord, get your life right because you're headed towards calamity. That's what that verse means. Now, if you're a righteous person, you've been doing the right thing and you're still losing, keep doing it. Keep doing the right thing. If you do, listen to me, if you do the right thing long enough, it will eventually pay off, no matter what it is, whether it's your health, whether it's finances, your spiritual walk. You say, you know what? You, you, you cannot judge your life based on the last week or the last month. But if you're righteous, men don't quit. Stand in faith, not reason. Believe you'll not be destroyed. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Well, somebody needs to. No one is here to help you. They have enough problems of their own. They'll help you for a day. They'll help you move. They'll buy you a sack of groceries. They'll, they'll pay your phone bill that month, but they're not going to do it forever. You're going to have to determine, well, thank you for the help. I really appreciate that. It was very nice of you. But you can't go from pillar to post looking for people to live your life for you and to provide for you and to take care of you. You need to get fight in your belly and say, you know what? I'm not going to quit. This is hard, but hard things are hard. If God be for me, no one can be against me. I'm going to continue to do the right thing and fight the battle. And even if I don't live, God is still alive. He is still on the throne. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in despair about it, but I don't know. How's it going to work? I don't know. I'm not in despair about it. I'm absolutely not in despair about it. You should not be in despair about it. Do not despair. You can be perplexed. My gosh, if the world keeps going like it's going, and my wife and my kids and my home and my money. And my, you can be perplexed, but don't be in despair. Persecuted, not abandoned. Struck down, my favorite, not destroyed. Why? Because I will get back up. You will get back up. Don't quit. Turn, look your neighbor in the eyes. Say, listen, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. <laughs> ah, don't quit. Don't quit. <laughs> when, listen, listen, I love it. The devil, listen, Levi, the devil wants you to quit. You just laugh at him. <laughs> you stupid, ignorant fool. You think I'm going to quit? Come on, man. That's not in me to quit. I got no quit in me. I look at, I look at Lisey, Lisey Staten, who 
back broken and put back together 25 different times and vertebra up and back and every, every which way. She's here every Sunday in church praising God, trusting the Lord, right? She could just say, ah, I quit. You know, I'm just not gonna go to church for a while. You know, it's just too hard. Just too hard to put this plastic clamshell on my body and Velcro it all tight and sit there and for, for an hour while that preacher rambles on. I'm just gonna stay home. Just stay home. Maybe I'll watch it online or something. Maybe the kids, you know, the marriage is too hard and the kids are just going crazy. You know what? Just, just gonna, you know, and you start, you start taking steps backward. Little ones. Nothing big, just little ones. And you know what happens? A year, not next week, not next month. A year later, we go, where's so-and-so? Where'd they go? What happened to them? They didn't, they just didn't make the decision to quit. They made incremental little decisions to take steps backwards until they were so far from the field of play, they couldn't touch the goal line if they wanted to. Don't quit. Just do it. How? Don't know. And you know what might happen? The Lord might even reduce your assets Right after you say, okay, I'm going to do it. And, mo- and I'll tell you what, it happened to me many, many times. The minute you say yes to God, he goes, oh, oh now we're going to make sure nobody gets the credit. You got way too much. We're going to start scaling back. Your finance, we're going to scale back on your finance. We're going to scale back on your job. We're going to scale back on the jobs that you get. We're going to, however your life is. And, and you see, wait a second. I thought I was going to start tithing and think God was going to buy. I thought I was going to fight this battle. We were going to, yes, you will. Stop tr- some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But we will trust in the name of the Lord. We will not quit. There is no quit. When you say, when you say, I will do it. Be true to your word in the smallest thing. You say, I'm going to do it. And then, then you don't. Mm. God says, how can I trust you with big stuff? Gideon said, okay, I'll do it. God says, okay, let's reduce your numbers. <laughs> but he went and did it. I, can I tell you one of the things I really love about that story too? Uh, in Gideon chapter seven, the Lord knew that Gideon was afraid. The Lord knew that Gideon was afraid. You might be afraid to face your giant. You might be afraid to face the Midianites. You've done the reason check. You've done the pros and cons. "Mm -mm." Here's what the Lord said to him. He says, "Um, oh wait, I'm in the book of Numbers. Joshua Judges 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here it is. During the night, the Lord came to Gideon again. Get up. Go down to the camp, because I've told you I'm going to give them into your hands. He says, but if you are afraid, if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura, P-U-R-A-H, and listen to what they're saying. Afterwards, you'll be encouraged. So he and Pura, his servant, went down. We all need a Pura, Pura, P-U-R-A-H, in our lives. I said, I know you're afraid. I'll go with you. Let's go, listen, let's go listen to the report. And the, this, there's a story and there's a dream, but at the end of it, it was a confirmation that Israel was going to beat the Midianites. Okay, we're going to beat them. I took Pur down. I had my servant with me, my armor bearer. We had, this, we had agreement. We, we touched and we agreed in faith. Yes. And then Gideon spoke it out again. We will win. And God says, okay, here's how it's going to happen. You're going to have a ram's horn and a little clay pot. 
That's how you're going to fight this battle. A little praise and worship and the light. What? Continu- it didn't get better. It continued in, 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 the, in the mind of reason and the list of pros and cons. It continued to get worse and worse and worse. Until finally they did what the Lord told them to do and not quit and not give up. And they divided into the groups of 100 apiece. And there was three groups of 100 each. And they surrounded the camp. And at Gideon's command, they broke their clay pots and they blew their shofars and they shouted the sword of the Lord unto Gideon. And the Midianites killed themselves. They were in such confusion. Gideon never even had to lift a sword. That's how most preachers would finish this. But I'll tell you what, if you keep reading, which I always suggest that you do, there was 15,000 that survived that day. Gideon didn't let them off the hook. He said, where'd they go? Now Gideon's got some attitude, right? He saw 135,000 people wiped out by 300 men. And 15,000 got got away. He says, where are they? Where'd they go? And he chased them. He chased them through a couple different towns. And every town he arrived and he goes, where did those guys go? And they go, what are you talking about? And they poo-pooed Gideon. And the Gideon said, listen to me, man. I'm going to get those guys. And when I do, I'm bringing their heads back to show you and I'm going to kill you. I like that about Gideon. (laughs) And that's exactly what he did. He chased those 15,000 down and he killed every last one of them and took the two leaders' heads and he took them back to the cities that had mocked him. And then he... He, he, he killed the leaders of those cities. So you don't mock God and get away with it. If God be for you, that's what you have to determine. And I guess this is my call to you. Do you believe that or not? If God is really for you, then you have to believe who could be against you. I forget who said it, but they said, you know, if God be your partner, make your plans big. If God's your partner, make your plans big. We live way too small and we quit too fast. So the call for you this morning is to lay down the quitter garment and pick up the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. A trumpet in one hand and the light of the word in the other. You'll be surprised what victories are yours if you'll just do two things. Don't quit. And just do it. Just keep doing what's right. Even if you don't think you can win, even if it's not reasonable and the odds are against you, just keep doing it. And if nothing else, at the end of your life, should you have never seen a victory in that area, you'll know greater is he that's within you than anyone or anything that ever persecuted you or came against you. Because your reward, my friends, is not what here on these 70 plus years. It's 80 plus years. Our morning conversations are quite interesting. We're having coffee the other day. I asked Alexa, Alexa, I said, Alexa, what's the average lifespan of an American? She goes, it's 78 years old for a male, 81 for a female in America. I looked at her and I said, you know what? We'll split the difference. We'll say we'll both die at 80, if on average. And I'm 60. That means I got 20 summers left. I got 20 summers left before they put me in a box, put me six feet down. I don't know about you. I got 20 summers left. I want to I, I go out, whew, I'm going to go out smoking. Go out hot. And you need to determine that. I don't know where you're at in the spectrum of life, but that was a, a wake-up call. I got 20 summers left. What am I going to do with them? Well, I'm going to rest and relax. I'm not going to rest and relax. I'll have an eternity to rest and relax. 
Let's go hard for God in our city, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Amen? Why don't you stand up with me this morning? Father, we bless you. We thank you. We thank you. We are so grateful that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And I come against those lying spirits in your life right now that tell you that you're not enough, you're not going to have enough, you're going to live a life of lack, you're going to live a life of heartache and pain. God says, no, I am with you, mighty warrior. Me, mighty warrior? Yes, you, mighty warrior. My clan is so small and I'm the weakest in my clan. The Lord says it doesn't matter. Just will you believe me? Will you trust me? Will you do what I've asked you to do? Will you follow through? Will you do it, not quit? Will you stay with it? Yeah. Yeah. It's time to get your fight on, sir. Ma'am. Would you raise your hand with me and join? Saying, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm gonna get my fight on. I'm gonna stay true to your word. I'm not wrestling against people and businesses and banks, but I'm wrestling against powers and principalities. So we put you on notice, Satan, enemies of God. You have no place here. You have no place in our heart. We will, we will do whatever needs to be done to see the kingdom of God advance unafraid. And should with all reason it look as though we will certainly lose, we will not quit. We will not stop. For greater is he that's within you. So God, thank you for that promise today. We surrender our lives to you. If you've never surrendered your life to God, this is the moment. With your hand raised, you just say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. You are my king. You are my Lord. Thank you for fighting the battle for me. Now it all ends. Look up here. Judges chapter 8, verse 28. Thus the Midianites were subdued before the Israelites and did not raise their heads again during Gideon's lifetime. And the land enjoyed peace for an entire generation. Why? Because one man said, I'm not going to quit. I don't care how depleted my resources look. I don't care how within reason it doesn't seem as though it's going to happen. He says, I'm not going to quit. And as a result... The entire nation thrived for a generation. May the peace of God be upon you. May the strength of the Holy Spirit empower you to keep your eyes fixed on the prize, the goal, heavenward, that Jesus Christ purchased with his blood. Pick up your cross, carry it every day, and don't despair. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit's power. Amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast your place for real, relevant relationships.